it's easy to get impatient if you think, well, I know exactly where we're going. I know exactly how it should be done, but others take a different route to get there. You have to understand there's always a hundred ways to get to a destination and you have to be patient as people find their way. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Co Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week, we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are policymakers, healers, artists, social media content creators, hemp producers, you name it. Uh, we talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their communities. And it all centers around this big point of purpose in our lives. And I can't wait to keep doing that today. Uh, how's it going, Leah? It's going great. You know, I got those endorphins flowing. I just finished up a run. So, I, you know, I might be a little shiny <laughs> right here in the Zoom video. But it is gorgeous. Like, the fall colors are amazing. Well, you know, the leaves that are left. Yeah. But it's just that, like, haunting, like... um what is it like the Nightmare Before Christmas movie, like the Tim Burton mm-hmm. trees with like, you know, it looks like they want to just like come out and touch you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just love this time of year so much. It's it's my favorite. I know. Uh, I mean, I as much as I dislike um, oncoming winter cold, I do love October and the whole Halloween vibes. Um, just watching scary movies constantly. Annoying Maria so much because I just want to watch scary movies all the time. Um, <laughs> you should hang out with Daniel, <laughs> my husband, because he's still trying to catch up on all the scary movies he didn't watch oh. as a young person that we all apparently watched. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and guess what? Daniel and I are celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary. Can you believe oh, it? That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. I still remember that, that there was like a big tree in the wedding ceremony and it was like, the fall colors and all that stuff was was going on at the same time. So, yeah, yeah. and it was like high eighties for the temperature. That's right. it was super hot. <laughs> it was super warm, and I had a dress that I had thought it would be a lot cooler outside. So I was like roasting, um, but it was it was fun. So yeah, we're we're going to be doing some celebrating up in Duluth. Or over in Duluth. Very good, very good. Yeah, that's it, that's it. So um, I'm excited for today's guest. Brian Joyce is a citizen of the White Earth Nation, born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, And he is a theater artist, and he also works at the Minneapolis American Indian Center in Minneapolis. He actually first appeared on stage with Theater St. Paul at the age of four. <laughs> and he has his degree wow. in theater arts too. So yeah, he's active as an actor and director for more than 40 years in the Twin Cities. So I can't wait to talk to him about it. And here he is, Buju Brian. Buju. Hi, how are you? Very good. Good. It's nice to see you again. Always good to see you. Can you please introduce yourself and where you're joining us from? Sure. My name is Brian Joyce. I am um, a enrolled member at White Earth, and I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and talking to you from my living room. <laughs> nice. Excellent. So, you know, we've 
we met years ago. I saw you first on stage in St. Paul, um, I believe for New Native Theater. Uh, but before we get to talking about acting and directing and all that good stuff, um, can you tell me a little bit about how you spend your time and where you find meaning in your day? Sure. Well, I spend a good amount of time at the Minneapolis American Indian Center, uh, Monday through Friday, while working. Um, Saturdays right now, I spend uh, my days with my grandson, Walter, and I watch him so my daughter can go uh, do her tattooing and uh, her husband can run and, and do all his errands because he owns the shop and also sells a lot of motorcycle parts. So they are very busy folks. So uh, I'm the only grandfather. So I uh, get to watch him all day on Saturday. And that's kind of my my joy in life right now. That's so sweet. We get to see some pictures of Walter on social media. And it just looks like you guys are best buds. Well, I like to think so. We'll, we'll see how it feels in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know your daughter did tattooing. That's amazing. Yep. She's at the 7th Street Tattoo in St. Paul. Does really nice work. I love to keep that in mind. There you go. Because I have a, I have an idea. Mm. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it might be Lord of the Rings related, but <laughs> remind me to send you something. She's done Lord of the Rings for someone, and it was amazing. Good, very good. So now that you get to hang out with Walter every weekend, is there anything that you're learning from him? Anything you're learning about yourself or life in general? Just how jaded we get as we get older to the little things in life. And how amazing everything is to the eyes of a one-and-a-half-year-old. Everything is just the most fascinating thing in the universe. So, you know, a blade of grass, an ant on the ground, a butterfly, clouds, it doesn't matter. He just gets so excited by certain things that you and I go, oh, yeah, okay, fine. That's there again, okay. <laughs> and it just drives you just like, ah, I got to go see that. I got to hold that. So, yeah, just really enjoying the little things in life again that you know, we take for granted as we get older. So Brian, can you tell us about your role at the Minneapolis American Indian Center? Sure. Uh, I have been, in December, it will be six years I've worked for the Minneapolis American Indian Center. I started as a program director for what was called, what is called the Native Fitness and Nutrition Program and ran that for four years and then um, moved over into the WIOA program, the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, and have been doing that for the past two years. Right now, our program works with uh, Native-specific adults uh, with a veteran preference, and we can help you with uh, educational assistance, help you with resumes, help you with mock interviews. When you find a job, we can help you with some new clothing, a certain amount of tools, those kind of things. So it's, it's a program to get people into the workforce and help them be successful while they're working. Is there a way in which um, you find meaning in the work in the American Indian community in Minneapolis? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, number one, our community is so, is so troubled in, in the larger population, always. And um, this is, all you need is one success story. One person who got a job and is doing great, and it's all worthwhile. Like with any other job, and, and I, I did retail for 28 years. So I spent a lot of time putting toilet paper on shelves, you know, doing those kind of things. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that work. It's great work. But being in a community, working to make a community better, helping people in the community better themselves, you know, that's, that's you can't beat that. We've had a, a couple of people do really well in uh, 
get degrees in school or we have a father-son team cool. that are just finishing up and uh, I think have like a math test left to do. <laughs> and then they'll be moving on to, uh, I believe it's air, airplane mechanic cool. roles. Um, we have another gentleman who got out of prison, had a tough life. We helped him. And now he's been with a towing company now for over a year, working full-time, doing great, making good money. Uh, another one who's uh, become a truck driver, making really great money. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that industry is wide open right now. They're desperate for drivers. Mm-hmm. So um, little plug, if you want to be a truck driver, come see us. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, those kind of things. I mean, we have a number of very successful stories, and we have others who don't get back to us for whatever reason or drop out of school or just drop out of contact with us so we, we can't keep working with them. But you work for the ones who, who make it. And, and you get excited about their success. So how do people find, uh, you know, uh, how would you suggest people find the resources who, uh, who may need it? Sure. Um, there's, there's a number of websites. I mean, Ramsey County, Hennepin County, all have workforce centers. Uh, individual organizations like our own have work help centers. We handle 71 counties across the state of Minnesota. Um, Hennepin County is handled by the AOIC down the street from us. So it, it, it depends on where you live, who you're going to work with, but there's always a workforce center or workforce help somewhere close to you that can help you with these basic services. And there are a lot of nonprofit organizations that will help you with clothing, help you with some tuition, help you with maybe some rent assistance. You know, there's, there's just a lot of good social programs. You have to do some work to find them, but they're all there. Very good. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's just something I is really good for everybody to know about. You know, when people are networking and trying to think of what's next. You know, because that's kind of one of the things that we think about a lot on Native Lights is, you know, how do we get to where we are, and how do we give back and share our gifts with our community? How we define, however we define our community, but. Brian, do you have a sense as to what your, what maybe some of your gifts are that you share with the community? Boy, um, I don't know. I, I have a pretty up, positive, upbeat attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think we underestimate laughing and having fun as an important part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to me, it's always been, I, I work to do theater. Mm-hmm. Um, theater has been the one thing that, that I, I knew from early on I would do for as long as I can and um, it will be part of my life forever and luckily I think I'm a, a decent actor yes, uh, a pretty good director and um, you know I'm lucky enough to still get cast in roles and, and still get asked to do things so as long as that lasts I'm going to keep doing it You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Brian Joyce, citizen of the White Earth Nation, actor, director, and he works at the Minneapolis American Indian Center. Okay, let's talk a bit about your work in the arts. As I mentioned, we met a few years back. Uh, I saw you on stage in St. Paul acting. So what came first, acting or directing? 
acting. I, I grew up around theater. My father was an actor and a production stage manager with a company called Theater St. Paul here in town. Company was a very popular community theater, became a professional theater. Have you ever been to the History Theater in St. Paul? Yes. Okay, that stage was built in 1964. Oh. The company to use it was Theater St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And uh, they lasted for two years as a professional company and had to fold because they grew too fast. But at Theater St. Paul, for one production of a play called Jezebel's Husband, they needed a child. And my dad said, I have one. <laughs> and so that was my first acting gig at the age of four. And what did you play? I played a little boy who walked out on stage and pulled on a gentleman's toga and said, I have to go potty. <laughs> yep. It was a very exciting time for me. <laughs> and uh, then um, didn't do much with theater after that, after we moved around a little bit. In junior high school, I got back into it and uh, decided that's really what I'd love to do. Did through high school, majored in it in college and uh, did it for a good long number of years. Had to take a decade off after I got divorced. And as my kids got old enough, I got back into it and have been doing theater again for the past 12, 13 years. You, you mentioned uh, college. You studied theater arts uh, at Bethel. Uh, how, was that, how was that whole uh, experience for you? Uh, we had a great little theater program. And um, I, I had the choice. I was looking at schools, thought about the University of Minnesota um, or a small private college. And to me, learning theater is great, but doing theater is how you really learn it. And at the U at that time, it was really the seniors, the upperclassmen who got on stage. Everyone else was kind of waiting their turn. So went to a smaller college, played a lot of great roles. Um, we had a good number of people who came out of Bethel at that time, continued to do theater for a number of years afterwards. Uh, we already, you already talked about your, uh, your first role. Um, are there any other like, uh, you know, very memorable roles that you've played, um, that you, you know, look back to and you, you enjoy? Yeah. Uh, one in college, well, uh, one show I really enjoy is, uh, The Crucible by Arthur Miller, because I did that in high school and college and twice um as an adult actor at park square and um just one of those shows that is so powerful you love to be a part of it and then i directed it a few years ago for theater coup d'etat so just one of those shows i was always involved in but i played um creon uh twice once in college and then in a devised production for um theater coup d'etat a few years ago and that's just a great character real powerful character and a lot of fun to play Fascinating. I know I've seen you on TV from time to time <laughs> on, a, on, on a commercial or two here and there. That's and I'll, right. you know, yell, I'll yell to Dan, hey, Brian's on TV. He's a, I don't, you know, like, um, I, what was it? Like HVAC or a plumber was, or something like I was, that. I was HVAC plumber guy. Yep. No. Yeah. <laughs> For company and then like on, I think some Grand Casino. I did Grand Casino a number of years ago, yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of commercial. They're still in circulation. No, I haven't seen it in forever in a day, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very nice. I was actually curious, um, do you think, you know, your acting experience and, uh, you know, directing experience, do you think that's, you know, helped you in other aspects of your life, uh, you know, whether it comes to your job or, you know, just anything? 
Oh yeah. Um, the nice thing is you're, you're comfortable speaking in front of people to people. Um, you can take on, that must be nice. It, it, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. <laughs> um, I talk too much sometimes my boss tells me, so I have to be better about that, <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it, it, it's helped in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, anybody who does any kind of job that involves interaction with the public should take a few acting classes. It just makes you, teaches you to relax, teaches how to be in front of people and do those things. And also teaches you to bluff people. For a long time when I was younger, I, I arrested shoplifters. And oh, they thought I was much tougher than I was. So I got into very few fights. <laughs> You're listening to Native Lights, where indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Brian Joyce, citizen of the White Earth Nation, He's an actor, director, and works at the Minneapolis American Indian Center as the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act Program Director. So directing. What are the skills necessary to be an effective director? Um, boy, okay. Um, number one, you have to understand the piece that you're working on. You have to make sure that you're in touch with what the, the, the script is calling for and find the, the rhythm and the, the pacing and really the, the heart of the piece. So you really understand. So when you work with actors, you all end up in the same place at the end of this journey. And then you have to be really comfortable talking and working with actors. Um, which is, you know, actors are individuals. They all come with different baggage, different skill set levels. Um, some you don't have to do much directing at all. Others you have to spend, you know, a good amount of time with. Um, and you have to be able to work with your design team. So your lighting designer, set designer, props, costumes, make sure that you're all speaking the same language or on the same journey so that at the end of it, you end up in the place that in your head, you've been visioning after working on this script for a while. And so good communication, um, a good eye for detail, and uh, a lot of patience. Because it's easy to get impatient if you think, well, I know exactly where we're going, I know exactly how it should be done, but others take a different route to get there. You have to understand there's always a hundred ways to get to a destination, and you have to be patient as people find their way. So what's it like, um you know, seeing the, the vision and all that stuff come together uh, for that, that first play, uh, the first performance? It's, it's uh, exciting. It, it's fun to watch people um, find their character, find that rhythm, find the, the relationships within the script. And um, when those things start to really click and that opening night, watch all that energy come out, watch the audience really get into it. Um, you know, um, and again, depending on, on the play, there's usually one guy somewhere in the theater who's sound asleep because his wife made him go with him. And that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's just what live theater is all about. Mm -hmm. Um, but live theater, the, the difference between doing live theater and being involved in live theater and, and anything else is the immediate visceral connection that takes place between the actors on stage and the audience it makes it mm -hmm. a really exciting place to be you see it a little bit in movie theaters when people share the same feelings about a movie but it's different when there's live people because there's a real exchange of, of actual energy between the two sides 
What about that, like, uh, that change? It, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, the, the goal of performance, the goal of sharing a story on stage with a group of people, like, you know, the, the group feel before and then the journey to how they feel at the end. Like, what is that? How do you connect with, and how do you make that connection with the audience when the actors are supposed to be connecting among themselves on stage? It's because they're right there in front of you. When you watch film, it's very clean. It's very neat. You know, there's no stumbling because you can go back and do 130 takes and pick the one you like and put that in there. With live theater, you get what you get on that night. So if someone chokes on some water they're drinking, they have to work their way through it. If they trip on a piece of furniture, you know, in a really dramatic scene, they still have to stick with it and find that energy, even though someone in the audience is giggling a little bit. And so it, it, it's a, just a different kind of thing. If you work on film, you, you can do it until you get it right. When you're live on stage, you have that moment in time to get it right. Audiences understand that when they're sitting there. That's the difference. It's, it's the, 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 and, and you as an actor pick up, you know exactly when they're with you. And you know exactly if you're losing them. Because it's that silence that takes place in a theater when a scene is really good. Or the hysterical laughter if you're doing a comedy. And people are just cracking up over everything that's going on because every beat is hitting correctly. And then you can tell when it's not working because you hit the joke and there's silence. And you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And sometimes it's a pacing thing. Sometimes it's an audience thing that you just weren't in the mood for it that night. So, In your decades of working in theater, I mean, it sounds like you have some... Decades. Sounds like you have some experience of those moments of choking on water or stumbling over a chair. Do you have a a tale of, I don't know, your most favorite? Goodness. Um, I try to block out all my, all my screw-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Here and there you drop a line or you miss a cue and you're late, late coming in on something you try to catch up. And it's just... For the actor on stage, it's that feeling that you get when you forget something at work mm. and you think, oh, my God, I'm, I'm standing here like an idiot and I'm not saying anything. I'm supposed to say something and I've been here forever. And it's like a millisecond. Yeah. And you go talk to the other actors afterwards and like, what? No, I didn't notice anything. Uh-huh. But in your head, it's like, oh, my God, I've completely ruined everything. It's over. I suck. I should die. <laughs> you know, yes. that, all that goes through your mind real quickly. And um, then there's fun moments. Like I, we had to do a stage slap in a show I did at theater in the round and the actress I was working with, I would slap her and she would throw her head so hard that her earring would fly off into the audience. <laughs> oh, Holy. Never touched her because it was mm-hmm. an, like an underneath a fake slap, but she just, sold it so great it would just fly off every night and we would joke about how far it would go so there's a lot of moments like that and um uh, moments when uh you know a prop breaks or isn't where it's supposed to be and so you have to kind of fake your way through it Mm -hmm. all those kind of things do happen and uh you just have to work your way through it and realize that stuff happens 
I love that. That that feels like a good lesson for life too. Stuff <laughs> um, Your work with New Native Theater, and then your work with other theaters as well. Is there an aspect with working for or participating in a Native-led theater company? Was there was there a different experience with that than other theaters? Well, a lot of um, what we call mainline theaters that have been around for a long time, mm-hmm. they have a very specific way of doing things. They have they have a set kind of, this is what we do as a theater. Mm-hmm. These are the shows we run. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. New Native Theater in particular, um, you know, Rihanna Yazi came into town, Native playwright, couldn't find any Native actors to mm-hmm. read her plays. So she started a theater company. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, when I, the show you're talking about when we first saw each other, um, that was the first annual New Native 10-Minute Play Festival. It was a national 10-Minute right. Play Festival. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she was finding friends, people she knew, and and making, she's made actors. She's created actors. She's found talented people and convinced them they're actors. Mm. And um, it's, it's, it's exciting and it's different. And then now we have Turtle Theater, mm-hmm. the second Native Theater company in town. And I directed a show for them last year. Um, so I've, I've, I've worked with both. And the, the difference is really that Native companies tend to, not always, because they'll do mainline shows. They'll do, you know, shows that we've all seen before a lot of times. But they'll also do a lot of new work that nobody's seen and very few people have heard of because Native playwrights are not the best known in the world. Again, because we're such a small population, there's not that many people doing the work. Um, but you know, now we're seeing like Larissa Fast Horse. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of her work around. Rihanna's work is all over the place. So I mean, these are these are exciting times for like you were saying, um, native culture is popping up and people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. People are telling their stories, people are finding them interesting. And natives are natural storytellers. That's how we passed on our stories for generations. So it's 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 great to see it grow. And it's exciting because there's a different kind of energy when you're talking about things that have either been hidden for a long time. You know, a lot of Native stories were not allowed to be told for a very long time. So getting them out in the open, it's very cathartic, especially for the Native community. Um, and especially for some of the unique subjects like um, the boarding schools and and those kind of things that are, are becoming plays and and coming to the forefront. I mean, it, it, it's a time to talk about truth. It's a time to talk about, you know, the pain, the suffering, and and the, the great way that um, the Native community overcame all the barriers to still survive and be here. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, Brian. That's so great. Yeah, you great. It's great catching up <laughs> and seeing you again and hearing your voice and experiencing a bit of that Brian humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say hi to your hub. I will. Thank you. <laughs> it was a great pleasure, and thank you guys very much, and I hope you guys have continued success with your show. Thank you. Oh, okay. So Good night. Good night. Later. Bye-bye. Brian Joyce is a citizen of the White Earth Nation, actor, director, and he works at the Minneapolis American Indian Center as the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act 
program director. What? I'm Leah Lem. Chimi Guach for listening. And I'm Cole Primo. <laughs> Giggle up, man. Giggle up, man. Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear more Native folks talking about their gifts and finding their purpose, search for Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine, wherever you find podcasts, and find all of Minnesota Native News' content at minnesotanativenews.org.